Howdy. Welcome to Undersampled Radio, the show where we talk science, tech, oil, business, politics, and more. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Graham. Together, we're the hosts of this circus. To follow the conversation, make suggestions, or rant and rave, please visit the forum Software Underground at swung.rocks. Hey! Welcome to Understandable Radio, episode 29, the holiday episode. It's lovely out here in New Orleans. Mid-70s, sunny, nice gentle breeze. It's, uh, I'm really feeling the holiday spirit, man. You know? It feels like it. It feels like it. How's, how's things, how's the weather up there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's mid-70s here, too. Um... Kelvin. <laughs> it's I, yeah. I mean, it's today's a pretty nasty day. It's what they call a mess in Nova Scotia. Ah, they um, the kids got called out of school early. I'm surprised they even went in. Actually, usually when the weather's forecast to be like this, they just give in early when, and just throw the y- towel in. You mean when the weather outside is frightful? <laughs> And I don't know the rest of the lyrics. Come on, man, hop in. Since we've no place to go, oh. he's taking off his headphones so he can't hear me. Headphones. Let it snow. <laughs> okay, Some I'm, done. Interference. I'm done. I'm done. Um, so I promised that Matt would sing a song, but he's he's too scared. So I, there you go. You get yeah. you get. Who wrote that song? I don't even know who. I was just listening to the Frank Sinatra version of was the song. Crosby. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I think. I mean, I think I can, I can croon. <laughs> yeah, you got a, you got a croony kind of voice. Yeah, that's it. Um, so there's a Christmas tree in the background, in mm-hmm. your office or wherever you are, and there are some poinsettias in my background, and uh, I'm just, I'm really feeling it here. Um, there's a couple of things, there's a couple of things on the list of substance, but mostly what we have for you today is a bunch of stupidity and holiday nonsense which is uh, it's gonna be awesome so so we're taking a poll right now tell us now if you want us to start with holiday nonsense or if you want to save the best for the last what do you want to do can man I, can yeah. i vote yeah um i don't know i i feel like it's all nonsense on some level uh but yeah, there's not a lot of Christmas content in the news, um, I guess, unless you count AGU as a Christmas tradition. I count it as a treat. I, I count it as a gift. What? I don't care what you say. Okay. You can say whatever you want. I am not a Christian. Uh, let me, I guess that's the disclaimer for this episode. So, um, <laughs> whatever. You're going to have to, you're the one with the Christmas tree, man. You tell us about. Um, about oh no okay I'll start off here with uh, we'll just go down the list which is what we usually do which means that um, you're gonna get all the fun stuff at the end before that you're gonna have to what's wrong with your headphones you're gonna have to listen to us uh, ramble on about stupid news okay so last week I was in charge of GeoSci tweets on Twitter maybe yeah what is that? that it is a recurring Twitter account where they have a different Geo scientist every week publish their tweets. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. It was. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I don't think I was really right for their audience. I uh, having gone back through some of the stuff, some of the authors they've had, and some of the stuff they've published, some of the tweets they've written. Uh, it's very, very geo rock oriented, mm-hmm. and I don't know anything about geo. I only know things about physics and, and so it, it's quite researchy too is they often sort of grad students and postdocs and academics or, or am I yes um, in fact I think that may have been their um, audience or their their um, membership exclusively before me and so I was just kind of <laughs> I was just kind of doing what I normally do on Twitter and just saying random stuff about mathematics and physics and in fact, <laughs> they introduced me as a mathematician, which is totally incorrect. I, I don't know anything about math. But uh, 
so anyway, I was just kind of putting on the mathematics face, and I think uh, about one percent of their audience uh, had any idea what I was talking about. So uh, I'm glad they let me bore their audience for a week. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, got into a, week. a couple of good discussions. One was with guess who? Matt Hall. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. was that with the? Okay, I didn't even notice because it was your. Face, but was what that was with your the Roker account, the GeoSciTweeps yeah. account? Okay. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, I was confused. <laughs> um, so, PC, we were talking about principal component analysis and singular value decomposition. And why, why did the geologists just tune out of that? Why did they tune out? <laughs> yeah. Come on. I want, I, I understand what you're saying, but I want, I want them to pay attention to the physics. I know. Totally. I mean, all yeah. they look at is rocks all day. I mean, they do get rock hammers. But anyway, um, <laughs> I figured out what we were talking about, thanks to an awesome reference that Matt sent me. And it was quite obvious when I realized what I was doing, because you can, it was a square matrix that I was trying to invert, obviously. Right. So, you know, Ready mul that. multiply by the transpose. Anyway, um, so the reason, I, I, we didn't get into this, but the reason that I was asking you these questions, asking the world these questions, is because I'm working on recreating your friend Ben's thesis, I think. And I'm not exactly sure if this is, I, I can't imagine this is his whole thesis, but a piece of it. Do you know about it? The AVO stuff? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So for those of you that don't know about it, Ben Boer came out with an abstract, extended abstract he presented at the 2016 SEG conference that is about classifying or, or attempting to cluster pieces of AVO information using unsupervised learning techniques. And uh, I think it's a good idea. And so I just have been, I'm not done, but I, I have done what he did and uh it's pretty cool it comes up with some pretty wild results and uh you can see you can go on github there and, and see what i've done so yeah, more to cool. come i'm going to try to formulate this part so i actually do have a question for you um which you i haven't talked to anyone about this i've just been this weekend working on this and alone <laughs> kind of confusing myself so the question is so what ben did was he did a PCA on some image gathers to reduce their dimensionality, then clustered the data using not k-means, but something like k-means, uh, and then somehow rearranged the data back into spatial dimensions. But why, so the question is, and I'm, the question is, why even do the PCA analysis, PCA? Well, yeah, what are the dimensions of the, it's just using straight up gathers? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm using image gathers. Um, but what's, I mean, what's the dimensionality of that space? Um, offset, in this case, it would be an angle, and then depth or time, and then your spatial dimensions. Right, but it's so, large, is it? I mean, is it? Is it? Was it just a like a computational sort of uh, constraint? Well, that's the question. I mean, it seems it seems like you might you, you could derive more information from doing the clustering on the data itself rather than on the PCA. And then there's still the question. Well, anyway, so may, maybe I maybe you're right. I mean, maybe it is just to reduce the. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it originally, and I don't know much about this, his research, but um, it uh, wasn't he trying to sort of get around, it's a sort of data-driven approach to AVO classification. Yes. So how many dimensions did he reduce to? In his abstract, he was down to two. From... Yeah, two. So he's basically trying to make AVO cross plots. Yeah. Right? And, uh -huh. and say, well, if... If you're data-driven and you just look at the two principal di dimensions, so to speak, can you reproject the data, the raw data, into a cross-plot space 
and obviate the need to change it into essentially to get around having to linearize uh, your uh, the the physics no, into you are two components. Sort right. of linear, yeah. I mean, so yes. to get around having to calculate intercept and gradient because those are sort of a priori coming from the from Zoprits, can we just find the best two dimensions and, and cross plot in that space? I think that was what he was getting at was to get around this kind of um, theory driven approach to a data driven approach, right? Right, and then I guess the question is. Okay, great. But what do those two dimensions mean? And so that's why you might want to go backwards, I guess, is if you model it. Now, what does that look like in a gather? Right. So that's yeah. the part that I'm still unclear about. So if you've got, if you do your clustering in this reduced dimensional space, then how do you re, how do you assign the, that clustered information into full spatial dimensions? Right. Because then you're not inverting an eigenvector matrix. You're basically inverting a um, you're inverting a uh, clustered matrix, right? So you've got one clustered vector per inverted matrix. So I, I don't know how to how to spread that information back out spatially. So that's presumably that's ill posed. That's right. Hang on one sec. So, I, I think I think Graham's got to deal with a with an intruder into his office. So, hopefully, that doesn't end in people being arrested and convicted of heinous crimes. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Ben's research is out. Well, I guess his uh, his thesis is will be published by the University of British Columbia. It might already be on the um, slim website i haven't looked recently um so that's the ubc uh, felix herman's group there at ubc i can't remember what slim stands for but possibly worth checking out have you looked there's the pdf there already maybe it is on which one the on the, like in paper? the ubc website somewhere his full thesis no i haven't seen it yet um i did a quick search and i need to get back to the full paper. you know what we should do is get him on yeah, the phone next week or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that'd be really cool. And yeah, because he's just started a new job, right? Too about a month ago, so or maybe even as soon as recently as two weeks ago. Uh, so it'd be fun to hear about how he's getting on. Yeah, rather than um, just conjecture about what he's doing, we could actually come up with some information. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy concept, but if you want to go there, break years of tradition. Just wildly speculating about stuff we know nothing about. <laughs> Fine. So I see that there's a new leader in the machine learning uh, leading edge contest. Who's that? That's all right. Um, yeah, George Crowther with the, the great initials GCC. <laughs> um, he's, uh, I don't know anything about him other than uh, what I guess I found on his LinkedIn page, which he included, I think, in his pull request, a link to his LinkedIn. Uh, or maybe it's on his uh, maybe it's on his GitHub profile. Anyway, so you can go check it out at the machine learning repo on SCG's uh, GitHub page. Um, yeah, 0.58, and he's using an extra trees random forest, which, which is the only one of the group, I believe. Uh, I can't remember. There is another random forest. Actually, there are two other random forests. I think in the mix now, but uh, I'm not sure if any of them were using. Uh, the, the extra trees uh, algorithm. He's using the one in scikit-learn. Um, I guess XGBoost is a variant of extra trees, and somebody had an XGBoost entry. I think it might have been the uh, LA team. One of their earlier entries was an XGBoost. Anyway, it's cool because like random forests do really well with these sorts of classification problems. Um, and we are using random forests on a project that we're doing right now. What does it do? So, uh, for lithology prediction, this one we've been working on for a while. Oh. So it's sort of gratifying to see that it is possible to beat a neural network with 
these things. It's not to say that the neural nets won't come back. I'm sure they will because the ones that are simple. But um, yeah, anyway, it's just fun to see another entrant, another person, uh, and a, a new high score creeping up towards 0.6. And you know, got to feel like 0.6 is still pretty low. Like I, I don't know what most sort of geologists' threshold of like, oh, okay, this is useful now. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure it's not even 0.6. It might be more like 0.7 or 0.8. Do, do you know what I mean? To sort of, I, like, I feel like otherwise. <laughs> Agile scientific, cutting it off at 0.7. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise you're just going to look at it and say, well, I, I could look at the logs and come up with a better prediction than that. Yeah. Do you know? Like, I think a lot of petrophysicists would feel like that. Yes. Now, it's, it's not to say that they necessarily can uh, with these particular wells, but still. Uh, I, I guess then it's up to a petrophysicist to enter this contest. <laughs> I guess using your brain isn't actually, strictly speaking, allowed. Using your brain only. Because I need to be able to run the algorithm. Well, you could call someone up and get them on the phone. I guess so. Ask them random mm. questions. About... Okay, well, if a petrophysicist is listening and would like to try and beat these scores, please do. Uh, with your favorite analysis. Tell us about AGU. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I guess first day of AGU today, a lot of people were traveling there over the weekend and tweeting about it. Uh, it's, it's, you can't really miss it if you follow more than a few geoscientists on Twitter. Um, you know, every year I feel like, oh, I should go to AGU. I think there's 26,000 people there. So it's a gigantic conference, mostly academic, large number of students, um, very, very broad, you know, covers all of earth science, basically, and planetary science. So it's a, a really massive sounding conference. I've only ever, you know, looked at the, uh, I've never been, like I say. You can watch a lot of it online, which is something that I did, like, I think for one lecture last year, and I'm going to try and do some more this year. There's a cool one tonight. Um, this might not be much good for people in Europe because for me, the thing tonight is at like 10.30 p.m. And it's uh, the head of Google Earth, I think, talking about data in uh, geoscience and handling large amount of data and that kind of thing. That one's going to be live. Uh, go to the link in the show notes, fullmeeting.agu.org. You'll find something called AGU On Demand, I think. Anyway, next year, it's in your town. Apparently so. So so I guess you'll be going. I guess I will. I guess I'll be broadcasting live under sampled radio from AGU. Yeah, so pretty cool. Um, people have asked about doing hackathons at AGU. So they have done them in the past. Um, Amazon, AWS, Amazon's web services organized one, essentially sponsored one three years ago, I think two years ago, uh, but I don't think they've repeated it. There is a really cool Wikithon at the event this year, an editathon for Wikipedia, uh, but as far as I know, no hackathon. So, <clears throat> you know, that could happen. That could be a thing. We've yeah. done one in, in New Orleans before, so it would be relatively easy to repeat that. True. We could do it at my house. <laughs> uh, hey, guess what? Hey, uh, can we get on the Christmas list here? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Because I'm, I'm really excited any, about this. I'm not attached to any of this nonsense. I'm really excited about this. So, okay. I spent, <laughs> so Matt, every year, I believe, is this true for the past, uh, I'm going to guess, six years? Yeah. Six years. Has, is, is that anywhere near the right amount of years? I think it is. The exact right amount. That was, an, that was a completely random guess. I didn't look back at all <laughs> or anything. Nice. Okay, so for the past six years, exactly, Matt's been compiling a nerdy scientific Christmas gift list, which you can find on Agile Geosciences' website. What's on there? What's your favorite thing on there? Uh, my favorite thing on there is been on there several years running. I think I might even have not bothered linking to it this year because I always do. And it's a Triceratops skull. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure there's some... 
like you're not really supposed to buy fossils on the internet, right? It's kind of it's dodgy or it can be. Um, oh, this is a real one. This isn't a model. It's no, no. It's a real skull. I think it's. I think it's what seventy thousand dollars. It's quite expensive. No, that's not a real skull for seventy. That's good. a triceratops skulls. You know, I can't even do it with my hands. I don't, I, I don't know if it's that big. Maybe it's a baby one. I don't know. Anyway, there's it. The veal of triceratops. <laughs> my, my second favorite, like I would love a triceratops skull. Okay. <laughs> but my second favorite thing is even cooler, and I didn't link to it this year either. But it's been for sale for as long as I can remember. Six years uh, at least. Yeah, there's a there's a a glass. Uh, what do you call that? Um, someone who makes things out of glass. I don't know what those are called. Um, they probably got a really awesome name. So a sculptor, I guess, that works in glass called Andy Paiko, uh, P-A-I-K-O, has a glass seismometer, multi-component yeah. seismometer. Yeah, made out of glass. Um, the, a glazier. Well, yeah, okay, there you go, Glacier, same as Windows. So, um, it's, I think, I asked him how much it was, like, while I was still in Calgary, so it must be at least six or seven years ago, and it was five and a half thousand dollars. It's absolutely gorgeous. I just want to make it clear, I don't get Christmas presents that are worth five thousand or seventy thousand dollars, but, you know. However, these however, are like perennials. If you're, <laughs> if you're <laughs> listening to the show and you want to make a donation to Undersampled Radio or Matt, we are accepting $70,000 Triceratops heads. Uh, you can send them in. The, you can ride your Triceratops to the studio here and, uh, and drop it off. That would be lovely. Yeah. There's, uh, there's rocks. There's stuffed rocks in your list here. That's cool. Yeah, the sofa. Yeah, the sofas are pretty cool. Um, I can't, like... I think they're like custom made. They're probably also really expensive. My list is not very practical. Forty seven hundred euro. It says here. Yeah. Oh, those pebbles. Yeah, yeah. Those are pretty cool too. Um, yeah, the pebbles. The pebbles start, I think, at like seventy five euros or something for a little one. A probably life size stuffed pebble. Uh, but yeah, they go up to like a sort of mini sofa or love seat or something. Yeah, people. You know, people make cool stuff. There's also there's also T-shirts on your list. So if you guys, so Matt said, we need to make sure that we get the holiday episode out in time for people to actually buy these gifts. And then he goes off about $70,000 Triceratops heads. So if you guys want some useful information, you can buy t-shirts, which are referenced on the, on the Agile site. Um, would you, you want to say something about something that um, we can afford? Uh, the t-shirts are cool. Like I always I do t-shirts every year. I sort of like the idea of t-shirts, but you may have noticed I don't wear t-shirts all that much. Um, well, it's just not my thing for some reason. But uh, yeah, but I mean, I personally, if it was up to me, I, it would just be a list of books because I just I like books. That's really all I. That's really all I ever want for Christmas. <laughs> and there are some books listed on there too. Yeah. Uh, the first one I see on the list is your book. <laughs> no, that's not on the, If you read it carefully, it says that that's not what I'm doing. I'm not mentioning that. Uh, I am, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, because that's that, what people would have expected. It's, it's, what, uh, it's, only, it's only the first picture you see there in the blog. So. Well, I just want to make it clear list. that this is the book I'm talking about. That you're not talking about. Yeah. 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 But, you know. There's, there's, so, there's so many uh, so many great books. Now, the, the, the other one was uh, by this chap. Uh, I can't quite remember his name, but he's a historian at um, Oklahoma State, I think. And I sort of know him personally, at least in passing, because he's been to quite a few SCG meetings. And he's, he's, you know, he's a sort of world authority on, you know, early seismometers and um, the history of sort of applied geophysics so if you're ever looking for you know the first vibe truck or something like that he knows stuff like that so which i think is kind of kind of nice but his book is as i far i can gather is about early petroleum geoscience not or rather sort of petroleum geology really i don't think it's got a lot of this stuff about early instruments and so on so i hope he does that book someday can you can you see his name there have you got my post up because i i don't and i don't want to risk yes, my do. internet connection Brian Frenner? 
Brian Freiner. Yeah, Freiner. Freiner. Yes. Yeah. So his book is just out in Amazon. Um, like I said, I hope he's working on an early geophysical technology one because I think that would be really awesome. You know, he might sell like twenty or thirty copies of that. <laughs> Do you know how you could uh, you could get your you could you could uh, justify getting your um, glass seismometer? You could team up with Frenner and start a seismometer museum. Right. There you go. Yeah. And then the I mean, most fragile seismometer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't set off any dynamite near that thing, man. <laughs> we already established recently that the most expensive seismometer is the. Um, the Large Hadron Collider thing we mentioned that on. Yes, <laughs> that's right. LIGO, we were talking about LIGO. <laughs> okay. And LIGO, yes. Maybe that was it. What was the thing about Okay, so anyway, the uh, there's one more thing on the list. What is it? Uh, what, on my list? Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, it's a couple of... T Wait, why am I... <laughs> This is why we have show notes, man. This is why I have a blog, so that I don't have to remember stuff. I've I'm written sorry. it down. It's on the internet. Like, it doesn't don't have to be it. at this podcast. It's, it's, uh, it's um, volcano uh, tissue dispensers. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I found those things like last December, right after I'd written the last post, and I've been saving them since then. I mean, they're pretty silly. <laughs> It's kind of a cool idea, though, for, because the tissue looks really good coming out the top of the volcano. It looks like a little, you know, new ardent or a, just a it, cloud. It is very cool. So I want to tell you about the mini Tesla machine. Oh, my God. That, that awesome. has a MIDI controller, right? So uh, the, the, by the way, this is linked in the show notes. <clears throat> And uh, you can see it in action. They have a video on their website, which is linked. Um, it is a built is a DIY Tesla machine. They send you a kit with the parts and the uh, instructions. And it actually you you can use this MIDI controller for pre-programmed songs, or you can upload your own, you know, program in your own beats there and play music with lightning. <laughs> Really popular at nightclubs. <laughs> and actually, <laughs> the sound quality, as you can imagine, is terrible, but it looks really cool. Well, don't miss the video that I've linked there, um, which has a duet performance between two of these Tesla machines of the House of the Rising Sun. And it's, I wish, can we pl not play YouTube videos like into this video? I probably not. We can. We can. Is it legally permissible? I don't know. Say, uh, we're we're going to do it anyway. Watch this. If you, uh, by the way, if there's any attorneys listening, now is the time to uh, send your Triceratops heads and subpoenas to Matt Hall. Uh, can you see my screen? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Here we go. Oh, it doesn't have any sound. Oh, it does. It does. <laughs> oh, no, I can't hear it. I could just about hear something, though. It's like it's coming through a tiny bit. Anyway, the, the, the one on the right kick, there you go. Now that it's like one's got the melody and one's got the kind of bass line. It's, it's pretty incredible. I mean, uh, I, the, these yeah, things, yeah. by the way, since you can't see them on the radio, these things are nine feet tall and they're shooting gigantic bolts of lightning out. <laughs> pretty sweet. Uh, but anyway, the one I have linked to the notes, 400 bucks, and you can, you can build it yourself. And it's really cool. It would be a fun project um, for the kiddies. And uh, and then to potentially shock, the, you know, it's like it's like a it's like a bark collar for a dog. You know, you build this thing, and then if you you, you build this thing with your kids, and if they misbehave, you can just lightning bolt them. Uh, I mean, that little one would that thing would be dangerous? Yes. Oh yeah. I mean. Oh, okay. oh yeah. It would hurt. I'm sure it would. It would I mean, you yeah. know, it's, it's it's short time pulses, but I mean, if you played some real high note on it, you know, it's it's probably thirty. No, it's 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 probably what three hundred thousand volts or something to arc <laughs> to arc up this. <laughs> I'm just guessing. That's probably incorrect, but it's it's got to be at least very high. You would want to stick. Well, it in, in, in other lightning news, there's a video going around the internet this morning from uh, Chicago, Illinois, of a light of. I, I don't know who these people are who are driving along recording video all the time, but apparently. Lots of people do this. I don't think it's from a dash cam either. I think they're like holding their phone. Anyway, 
there's a lightning storm going on. Maybe they've just seen some cool lightning bolt. And the, the, the telegraph pole that they're driving past gets hit by lightning and completely explodes. Like, completely shattered. It's gone. It's totally remarkable. Um, yeah, really quite, really quite cool, shocking, in fact. That's amazing. I was on a boat, on a sailboat one time, docked in a slip, and that boat next in the slip next to us was hit by lightning. The mast was hit by lightning. And the mast, most of the mast remained intact, but the top with all the uh, ham radio antennas and all this stuff, it just vaporized. Like, it, was, it looked like someone set up dynamite. It was amazing. Um, and it was like five feet from me, so it was, it was pretty exciting. Um, so do you ever go to the uh, tacky Christmas sweater parties? No. You don't? Well, I, I live in the countryside. I don't no. think we have those things out here. Well, you could throw one. <laughs> There's <laughs> literally just be me. <laughs> well, do you, have, do you have anything to wear to it? I, I do have one holiday sweater that I'm quite fond of with a, with a reindeer on it, but it's it's fairly, it's at the classier end of holiday sweaters if there is such a, an end. <laughs> well, if you're looking for a step up, if you're looking for the top end of that spectrum, you can follow the link in the notes to the Nerdy Holiday Sweaters. It's a geek's guide to Christmas, and they have hilarious Star, Star Wars-themed holiday sweaters. They've got... Uh, Comics, you know, Marvel comic themes. Ways it's really funny. So they're they're knit in classic, ugly holiday sweater style, and um, I want one because it's never fun to wear your grandmother's hand-me-down sweater to a party. Right. I need I need something that represents who I am. You know. Yeah. And I want to do that with an X-wing fighter. <laughs> with lights on it. Ooh, there's an idea. I could hold the Tesla machine. And, and zap lightning out of my sweater. You'd probably do it with the static electricity from that thing. Um, the stem box is the next thing on the list. This is cool. John Lehman, who was on the show the other day, and, and Shannon uh, from Don't Panic Geocast mentioned this to us on Swung the other day. This is like a uh, monthly subscription you sign up for, and instead of sending you clothes or makeup or I saw one the other day that was like tactical gear, you know, like knives and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this stem box is uh, instead of all that crap, it's science projects. Science, I mean, it actually looks really cool. So their focus is on uh, spurring creativity and scientific interest in kids, specifically young girls. Um, but I want one. They look really cool. They, um, you know, they. So stuff they have in them. Well, I, as I speak, I'm actually trying to get back to the archives, box archives. Here it is. This current one is a DNA extraction box. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really cool experiments. Uh, you, there's <laughs> some cheesy ones. In March of 2016, it was... Oh, I'm going the wrong way on the list. But anyway, in March of 2016, it was uh, making a battery out of a lemon. We've okay, all classic. Yeah. Um, Kool-Aid chromatography. That sounds cool. Um, but once a month, you get to do some crazy experiment. Yeah, that's a do. nice idea. I'm trying I to like tell I'm also trying to tell you. Since I'm the only one with the internet connection in this show, I'm trying <laughs> to tell you how much it costs. Month to month, $30 a box. 12-month prepay, $300, which is $25 a month. Right. That's pretty yeah. good. That's, that's about where I was expecting that to be. So if you don't like my idea about building test machines and shocking your children into submission, you can, you can just go the more um, productive route and get them a STEM box subscription. <laughs> um, the next thing on my list is something I discovered a couple of years ago and just rediscovered while I was building this list. And if you guys... <laughs> It's no Triceratops head, but uh, if you guys are really looking for a Christmas gift for me, this is the one. It's called a Selk bag. It is a sleeping bag in the shape of a human being. <laughs> you wear this thing. It's got, it's it's a it's like a onesie. It's like a jumper. Uh, right. It's got booties and and mittens. The whole thing. It's hysterical. Um, 
So, you, so just explain the, the rationale there. This is so that you can basically wander around in your sleeping bag. Well, I hadn't really like, gotten that far. Whole hog and, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you might as well just why not have some kind of tent that you that you wear. Like, why stop at the sleeping bag? <laughs> I, was thinking, I thought you were going to go the route of just wear your sleeping bag and hop around like a one-legged race or something. But yeah, a, tent, a wearable tent. So, so what you really need is uh, the the sleeping bag. You'd need a, a rain fly, presumably the tent keeps the rain off you. Mm -hmm. uh, ground protection. You need like a mat. Uh, I guess you right. can. It's, it's, it becomes fairly cumbersome at some point, I guess, isn't it? Well, I mean, you just use ultra lighting gear, and then it's and then it's it's okay. You know, just, <laughs> they measure that stuff the gram, right? As long as you don't have any narrow doorways to get through, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so if you haven't seen this Selk bag thing, you got to click on the link. It's hilarious. It it really is the nerdiest. I mean, I don't know if it's that nerdy. It doesn't have anything to do with science either, but it's just really funny. Um, but speaking of things that don't have anything to do with science, <laughs> but are nerdy, um, there's there's a link to like the coolest custom motorcycle helmets you've ever seen. They have a bunch of comic characters, um, Captain America, and all this stuff. Oh, did I? That's kind of a fun idea, I guess. I like that. Uh, so, it, can you still hear me right now? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Can you can't hear me though? Okay. So oh, now he's frozen. Yep. Yeah, I'm about to drop off the call here. Great. It's all going horribly wrong. <laughs> I'm just gonna give it a second, just in case you come back. But it's like you're half there. You're in the netherworld. Going towards the light. Now it's all gone quiet. Yeah, it, so I mean, there are um, there are some really fun things to buy these days as scientists. I do like this idea of um, the stem box, though, and sort of subscription. These subscription-based services like razor blades and candy or snacks, that kind of thing. I feel like there's got to be there's got to be a good business model out there for some kind of subscription-based geophysicsy thing, something for, you know for our crowd, so to speak. Is there anything you actually like? What do you get through? What do you what do you need every month? It's got to be something. A new uh, a new machine learning algorithm in a box with a little manual. <laughs> All right. So am I am I back? Am I live yeah. right now? You seem to be. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of. Kind of cool, actually, because you're still in that other one. Okay. I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how this keeps happening. My, so my computer. If anyone is still listening, if we haven't bored you to death, I, for my Ubuntu computer is now two two episodes in a row has physically shut off, and I mean, I mean the power supply has has cut off. I have to. So I don't know. It's just, I just can't get it it's right. It's really quite strange. You've got some weird cron job. I <laughs> <So> guess. <laughs> it's got to be something. It's at the same time? I, no. no. That would be weird. Okay, so where where are we? A subscription-based service? Yes, I like the, the machine learning algorithm. Yeah, I, the, the thing is, though, as a, like, as a business provider, I can... Like I've always tried to, you know, stay away. Like with the books, for example, there's cheaper ways of getting the our books printed than using Amazon's print-on-demand service. Yeah. Then you've got to handle physical inventory, and you're like mailing stuff out. You know, you've got some warehouse with stuff in it. You're putting things in boxes. You're labeling, yeah. like rats running around chewing up the pages. Just yeah, just a lot, a lot of extra headaches. Yeah. Um, but I do like the idea of like dripping things out to people i think it's a really nice way to receive something and from a business point of view subscriptions are awesome yes you know this is like that's how we run the hub here is a monthly subscription based thing and it's you know people sign up no one feels like they're having to pay a lot of money all at once um it ticks along the business ticks along cash flow ticks along um so so are we yeah well we tried it for modeler but Guess it doesn't work for everything. Mm. <laughs> like I don't think anyone feels like they're getting uh, getting a really terrible deal, but uh, it's, I'm aware that it's not a really great deal either. So, um, yeah. 
But I feel like there's, there's got, I would pay for mechanical pencils. I probably don't need one a month, but I get through, well, maybe I do get through 12 a year. And I like really nice mechanical pencils. I'm quite fussy about my mechanical pencils. I never use pencils. No? no. I only use pencils. I'm left-handed. So uh, when I, I'm really picky about my writing utensil, because if I, for example, if I use a pencil, when I'm writing, I drag my hand across the page because I'm going that direction, and I get crap all over my hand. Yeah, uh, I hear you. I, I'm left-handed too, and that does that is a thing. But um, you don't care. But the other thing I like is uh, is fountain pens, and you get the same thing with those too. No, look, okay, I'm about to change your life and the life of every left-handed listener. Okay, <laughs> so years, I years I searched for the right writing implement for the left-hander, and here it is. Look at this. It is, what is it? Oh, it is the varsity. Pilot Varsity Disposable Fountain Pen. Nice. If you guys are listening to the podcast, you should probably tune into YouTube right now so you can... Actually, this whole episode, basically, is a bunch of stuff that we're trying to show people. Why are we on the radio? Uh, but anyway, so check this out. Uh, it's a crappy fountain pen, right. but the ink dries very quickly, and I don't get it smeared all over myself. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm writing that down. Here I am, writing it. Yeah, you can put that on your, on your next Christmas blog. Yeah, I'm going to try that. Uh, so... How come being left-handed is so awesome? <laughs> because you get to bump into people when you go out to dinner. <laughs> right. But do you get this thing, like, this is a really terrible thing. I've never admitted this to anyone probably but my wife before. <laughs> but okay. I always, anytime go, I meet someone. This is a safe place. <laughs> but if I meet someone who's really cool or I really like or I really admire in some way, and then I find out that they're right-handed. <laughs> I'm, I'm a tiny bit disappointed. Okay. <laughs> anyone awesome that I know that's, that's right-handed, I apologize. <laughs> but, but I don't. I can't help myself. I guess that's just the sort of the per, you know the personal glory thing that we'll have. But um, yeah, being left-handed is so great. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> um. We have to look for special writing so utensils. It's not. It's uh, it, yeah. It's it's yeah. fine. I struggled with that as a. Kid I just I just find meeting left-handed people is just a bonus to their personality. I don't have anything. Oh, okay, that's a nicer way of looking. I don't have anything against right-handers. <laughs> that's much more charitable. Why didn't I never think of that? <laughs> have you heard of the spontaneous pop-up display? I had, not until I read this, yes. the spud. It is uh, probably the worst idea that I've heard of in a while, but it's on my Christmas wish list because it is kind of awesome. It is basically a projector with a sheet that goes around it, and uh, you, you, it has an HDMI cable, and you plug it into your computer. So it comes in this little tiny package, and then you can just whoop, pop this thing up like an umbrella. The material is basically umbrella material that's white, and the projector in full HD, it claims, projects your information onto a 24-inch display. That's pretty That's pretty impressive. I've... I feel like if they actually combined it with an umbrella, that would have been <laughs> more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Um... It would be a good gag gift. So it's on Kickstarter. Yes, it got funded. So I guess they're going to start selling these things. It's a really cool idea for. Like, it sounds a lot better than any of the kind of micro projectors I've heard of. The things that actually try to project onto a, a yeah, wall or something. Because they're crap. The uh, it was a thirty-three thousand dollar goal on Kickstarter, and they they uh, got through six hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. So I think if it was my business I might just take that money and run because the spontaneous pop-up display is... now, the thing I'd be worried about is can it spontaneously pop up anytime <laughs> or are you in control of when it pops up it's not that spontaneous is this point okay. you guys get it it's not spontaneous at all <laughs> uh, okay so now there's two th those those things that I just mentioned are all <laughs> Well within the reach of um, how much was the spud? I don't want to make a generalization. No, it's not being sold yet, so I don't know. It's just a Kickstarter. 
Yeah, but how much was it? So, like on Kickstarter, presumably you're buying one at some level. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Let me get back. Come on, man. Okay. Uh, one $400 for an umbrella. Okay, that's... I was... I was expecting it to be less than the price of a really a decent display. Right, that's what you'd hope. Uh -huh. Yeah, because heck, okay, never mind. Moving on. Okay, DIY laser cutter. Wait, I was trying to intro that with the uh, the something about the the dinosaur skull. So, so the DIY laser cutter and milling machine thing. There's a link on the website if you guys are into maker projects and stuff like that. You know, I mean, Matt, you know. The new thing, man, is to get a tabletop uh, 3D printer, right? That's fine. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But it, not, nothing gives you that raw power feeling like cutting through some whatever aluminum with a with a CNC mill. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'm totally with you. You don't get that horsepower with a with a 3D printer. So this is to build your own CNC machine. Yeah, and they're not that cool. This this particular website is not that cool. They give it's just a two D two D CNC, which is which is nice. I mean, you can make some stuff with, but I, you know, if you wanted to step up to that next tier of spending, then you could build a five axis, a six axis CNC. That would be sweet. Why do you need do you need six axes for three D? Well, I mean, the more axes, the better, I suppose. <laughs> You know, more axes, more horsepower. It's 10, 10 axes, you know, whatever. And these, uh, the laser cutters, presumably, they're not doing 3D. No, no. Both of these things are, are tabletop 2D. But there are five-axis laser cutters. Really? That oh, sounds yeah. really dangerous. What are they cutting? Anything you want? Well, not anything. I mean, it depends on what kind of laser you have. But... Uh, Yes, they can cut steel in some in some industrial applications. Laser cutters. It feels like because what are, what's what are the milling machine is using like a little or or like a little rotating binder? spindle, rotating spindle. Okay, yeah, because that seems like you can control the direction, but also the sort of depth of the cut mm -hmm. and so on. Whereas a laser is basically just gonna go. Well, you get a ch you can change the focal point. On I, I I'm actually just making things up right now as I go along. I don't know anything about this process, but you can change the focal length of a laser to change its hmm. depth of, maybe not cut, but depth of, of can you though? maximum collimated beam, Do you, can you focus that? Well, it wouldn't be a single beam. You'd have to have, well. Oh, I see. Because they do the little, you know, the little glass dome things with the, ins, it, you know, they have a laser, Printed basically 3D image on the inside. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh God. Okay. This is. I'm gonna. Show, I was gonna show another picture, but I'm not because uh, no one. Everyone's listening on the radio. Um, okay. Glass dome. Paperweight sits on okay. the desk, and you okay. could have like your initial. Solid, not hollow. Solid. Except okay. that there's little what look like air bubbles on the inside in the shape of uh, your initials or something. You know what I'm talking about? Have you never seen this? No, I assume they did that by with layers, like by layering, building up the cross They can, and they can also do it with lasers, lasers and layers, layers or lasers. <sighs> it's a crazy world. All right, so let's get to my Tyrannosaurus Rex head. <laughs> what was your, your Triceratops head? Uh, my my dinosaur head is the mobile laboratory. Okay. Yes, this sounds... folks, this is a real thing. Uh, you can go to the website linked in our show notes, which is called farberspecialty.com, and whatever you want. You want a bus that's a chemical lab? No problem. You want an 18-wheeler trailer that is set up to do bomb disposal? No big deal. All you have to do is cut them a check. <laughs> so the question is, is this not awesome? The question is, if you could get a mobile laboratory, what would you get, Matt? Is that to me or our, our listeners? Listen. Well, it, no, it's <laughs> well they they don't he, they don't seem to be responding. So uh, it's up to you, man. Um, well, been reading a lot of the Hardy Boys lately. Which <laughs> is a, a new experience for me because I we didn't I didn't have Hardy Boys as a as a child. We, didn't, we weren't that lucky. Uh, I did. I don't know if it just not made it over to the UK. Probably had, but 
anyway, I was oblivious. Um, but I've been reading into my son. He's, he's pretty into them. Uh, and then, of course, they have a laboratory. It sounds pretty cool. Like, I can see as uh, having a, your own crime lab as a kid, that'd be pretty sweet. Doing fingerprints and... As a kid? All the microscopes and fibers. and Yeah, well, I, maybe. Maybe not. Um, I, was, I was into that kind of stuff as a kid. Um, Nowadays, I'm I find still, my, my point is I'm still into it. I want, I want <laughs> one of those climbers right now. I find my uh, my laboratory needs these days are really, pretty really plummeted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 there you go. I just want, um, I don't know what kind of a lab. I, I think I want a chemical lab because I'd like to make acids and... Um, what else? Cool flame, flip, fiery things. Uh, just the burning stuff. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, whatever. I just want to wear the little gloves and and yeah. go do. Oh, here's the perfect combo. Okay, guys, I've got it. I've got it here. Uh, send the dinosaur head. Also, send a mobile chemical lab with a subscription to Stembox. <laughs> <laughs> so I can build my $30 stem box inside of my $1.2 million mobile laboratory. <laughs> I like it. I bet you that that um, triceratops head is in the tens of millions of dollars. The um, laboratory, I mean, you know, I hate to bring it back to computing and stuff, but you do occasionally wish you had access to some sort of a little bit more compute or fun computery stuff. I wonder what a little mobile computing lab would look like to do like a, a road show. I remember yeah. SGI had a bus that they drove around. I remember it coming to Calgary, you know, probably in about 2002. Um, and it had, you know, a couple of supercomputers on it and some really incredible uh, displays and 3D virtual reality type stuff. It was pretty cool. It was all black and purple and very kind of um, of its era. You could just get a Sprinter van and put a HTC Vive in there. Yeah, it would be much cheaper to build that bus now. <laughs> <laughs> Stick a PlayStation in the back of a yeah. Robin Reliant and you're basically done. Mm -hmm. But it would be cool. I've always wanted a school bus. I think it would be cool to make a... Oh, we could make our mobile lab inside of a school bus, okay? Yeah, or a mobile broad broadcast laboratory. Yeah, it would be doing undersampled. But you're you, so yeah. how many how many miles are we apart from each other? The the question is three thousand. Yeah, where would the, where would the bus be? <laughs> We'd park it in like Nebraska. Meet halfway. And we both have equal access. No, how about we share it? How about we do one week <laughs> at your place, one week at my place? It's like a, it's like a shared. It's fun to do a roadshow. We can barely manage completely <laughs> studios. However, um, when we were starting the hub here, this uh, the co-working space that I'm in right now, the f our first plan was actually to buy. There was a, and I feel like this bus. It was a, it was a bus that had been owned by a search and rescue group in here in Nova Scotia. So they turned it into a bit of an office. It had, you know, three or four tables in it and a little kitchenette and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it was very cheap. In fact, I think it might have been three and a half thousand dollars for this nice. bus. And uh, we were seriously contemplating buying it and then driving in a kind of through between some of the towns here. Yes. So, you know, so that you could like have co-working just like one day a week in your town. Kind of like we have our library does the same thing. Um, they drive a bus around? Uh, they drive a little bit. Yeah, it's a mobile library, I guess. So it's oh, like that's in, cool. in our town one day a week. Mm -hmm. But um, then we found a ship. <laughs> so, we, so we moved our whole plan to this ship, uh, which we could then, because there's a harbor right outside. Like, I'm on a wharf here. Yeah. Um, so we Halifax is between, a famous like, harbor. Yeah, Halifax, uh, Lunenburg, Chester is a very pretty little town. Do you know the show Haven, perchance? No. It's a very silly X-Files type show, but anyway, it's filmed in Chester. It's very picturesque. Um, and then we came to our senses and realized that we didn't like a day like this, for example, which, unless we had an icebreaker, we might not be doing much <laughs> driving around. And it would just be miserable, basically, and everyone would be getting seasick, and yeah. there'd be no Wi-Fi. <laughs> Does um, the whole thing sounded 
pretty dire. You, I'll, I can get you a ship if you want. So you just keep keep that in mind. I have uh, some some government auction contracting contacts. <laughs> we get a really good deal on a ship. I love the idea of like I do like this concept of um, you know physical things that that like I really like the idea of doing some kind of pop up geophysical funness at, I guess this is basically what like a booth is or whatever SEG yeah. but but having some in, a bit more interactivity and something that's not just like hey here's my wares come to our demo but something that's a bit more participatory and um, engaging like doing the hackathon that way for example or uh, or locking people onto a ship so they have to pay attention we're doing an interactive <laughs> version of this show <laughs> or carting everyone out to a ship and casting them off. You know, yeah. Wow, we did a lot in two days of a hackathon. Imagine what we could do if we were lost at sea for a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see you didn't add to my list of holiday beers. Uh, yeah, sorry. I. What's your favorite? We, well, you see, we have this new brewery in town. Oh, I thought you might mention this. Yeah, and um, so I mostly just drink their beer these days. They What's are your... doing a, a Christmas ale with um, balsam, so balsam for sap and blueberry, and um, it's delicious. Is it, or is it like drinking one of those little pine trees that hangs from a dashboard, a rearview mirror? It, 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 well, okay, it might not be to everyone's taste because obviously it has quite a decent, uh, what do you call it, Pine you know, trees. Well, it's pine, but it well balsam's got quite a savory. It verges on bitterness, but um, I guess I would put it in a class with things like coriander or whatever you guys call it. Uh, what do you guys call coriander? Coriander for it. Cilantro um, or wind. Do you know the flavor of wintergreen? Yes. Or chlorophyll, like you can get that chlorophyll chewing gum. It's that kind of very clean vegetable kind of taste that you either like or you don't. Root beer, I'd put in the same category. Dandelion and burdock. Yeah. So if you like that kind of thing, I feel like you would like this thing too. But some people find that stuff abhorrent and uh, can't stand it. What's the name That's of the brewery? Saltbox. They're on Twitter, etc. Can we? Well, that's that's great, but can we taste it? Can we can we buy their beer somewhere, or do we just have to look at the pictures on Twitter? You just have to look at the pictures on Twitter. They're not exporting anything further than Halifax yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, in news that matters, then uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a beer in there's. I was looking for local to New Orleans holiday beers, and there's not that much. There's a company called Abita down here, brewing company. Mm -hmm. uh, not really a huge fan of their beers. They have a Christmas sale. I gave it a 3 out of 10. 3 out of 10? Yeah. That's... Okay. Well, it's cool. I, clearly, you're one of these people that uses the full scale. What's the half scale? What's the other well, scale? There are, there are, I feel like there's people who pretty much would only give things like 6 or 7 and above. And then, yeah, there's a whole class of people who would only do 10 or 1. Oh, no. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I find that there's no point in using the 1 to 10 scale if you're only going to do 7s, 8s, 9s. Yeah, and then, exactly, because those people often wouldn't give a 10. Right. Because they're like, well, how do I? I I've never had a 10. Like, yeah. Once you've given a 10, you've like limited the end part of the scale. But I'm like, yeah, but if you don't ever give 10s, then your scale is out of 9. Yeah, uh, but so, so I don't know. I, I guess that drives. That's why me crazy. everybody moved to four, five stars like that. I I think right because it's easier five. to use the whole scale. I don't know. I and then even then, there's people are like fours and fives. Cause, and I I'm guilty of this too because on Google Maps and stuff, if I think somewhere is really terrible, I just won't rate it. Like, I don't, do you know what I mean? Which is silly. <laughs> no, I don't know what you mean. You should have no. seen the review how many stars they gave your book. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Use the full yeah. scale, man. <laughs> no, but I, I'm glad that, I'm 
I'm glad that there are people out there like you. Yeah. Thank well, you. For I like I like I like finer finer granularity in my scale than just the seven eight nine. Yeah, yeah, because it, it degenerates to four and five in the five star, five star scale. Right. Like, that's right. It's no use at all. Hey, do you guys want to hear it too? <laughs> I guess you can't. You don't really have an option. If you, if you don't want to hear this poem, uh, write in and um, I'll read it twice. <laughs> You're not going to uh, read this poem. Yeah. It's like two pages long. Well, what a, you got a date? <laughs> it's man. Monday. It's one p.m. Snowed <laughs> in. You can't go anywhere anyway. It's true. All right, I'll skip the poem. <laughs> All right, there's one other thing on the list. There now follows a dramatic reading <laughs> of the Ancient Mariner. <laughs> you read this. You read the science jokes. The, I I didn't print them out. Mate. What? You don't even. <laughs> Okay, here's a, here's some science jokes. If you're listening to this show, you, I'm sure you've heard all these ones, but these are the, I don't know, I just had a couple that I thought were funny. How does Santa deliver presents all over the world on Christmas Eve? I don't know, Graham, how does he do that? With Rudolph the Redshift Reindeer. <laughs> uh, okay, so a photon checks into a hotel and asks if he needs any help with his luggage. He says, no, I'm traveling light. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, good. I think it's good. Uh, Note to some. Sorry. How many, how, how many of these are we going to make it through before Matt just just ends this call and leaves the show? He's <laughs> You're breaking up. Does anyone does anyone know any jokes about sodium? Nah. <laughs> Get it? Anyway. Yeah, it's it's really funny. Yes. Thank you. It's not mine. You can I mean you can rate it on the full scale if you want. Uh, a neutron walks into a bar and asks, how much for a drink? The bartender says, for you, no charge. Nice. Neutron, yeah. yeah. Uh, why does a burger have less energy than a steak? Because yeah. it's in its ground state. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd never heard that one before, actually. No, I hadn't either. That was funny. Um, and here's a good one. Now I feel like I've heard it too much. Here's <laughs> another one that I've never heard before. This is the last one. You've made it through almost all the, all the uh, things. Um, my friend Power has been stressed all week. His boss is making him work overtime. <laughs> yeah, that may be the most esoteric. Of the it lot, but is. If you don't, okay. if you don't understand, let me break it down for you. My friend, I'll read. I'll read it again. My friend. Oh, I, okay. Yes. Too bad. <laughs> my friend Power has been stressed all week. His boss is making him work overtime. Because power equals work over time. Yeah, I feel like you may have overexplained it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also read five jokes that everybody had heard before. So, twas the week before solstice when all through the city, not a planet was shining. Now, isn't that a pity? The telescope was stored in the garage with despair, in hopes that the weather would soon turn to fair. The I'm not going to go this whole thing. It's too, it, he, like he says, it's two pages, but it is actually pretty good. It's called The Week Before Solstice. It was written by Jane Houston Jones. The link is on the site, on the show notes. And uh, it's funny. It's a, it's a poem about astronomy and solstice. Nice. When is the solstice this year? Do you know? Nope. I just found out that it's 2,200 miles from New Orleans to Halifax. Oh, okay. As the crow flies or to drive. Not by ship. If you were going to take a crow, that's how far it would be. It is uh, the solstice is the twenty first. Well, looking forward to that. <laughs> okay. Anything else? I've kept you here for an hour and a half. So, what? Uh, see you later. I guess. Uh, yeah. No, man. We're. Uh, have we got another show before Christmas, or is this it now? This is it. Okay. Okay. Well. Have a, have a lovely Christmas, you guys. Have a lovely Hopefully. Hanukkah. <laughs> and, yeah, Christmas holiday, whatever it is you take or do. Newton Mass. I haven't seen much Newton Mass this year, but that was a thing on Twitter a couple of years ago. Oh. I think, uh, isn't Newton's birthday the 25th of December? Um, so people were celebrating the birth of Newton. Yeah. But Newton was a tosspot, by all accounts. So I don't know if he's a really great role model. I mean, sure, the guy was pretty clever. It's actually, you know, clearly almost goes without saying. Well, it does go without saying how clever he was. But um, 
yeah, apparently he was a bit of a bit of a nut job. And lots of people executed. Did you know that? I did not know that. He sent many people to the gallows uh, as the governor of the mint, the royal mint. He had many people executed uh, for um, counterfeiting. Hmm. I didn't know that. So, bit of a git. And the way he treated Robert Hook, it's completely outrageous. It's blasphemous. And Robert Hook was, you know, legit. He was basically the first sort of, I don't know, elastic seismologist. Yes. It's a stretch, it's a stretch uh, point. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. We're getting out of here. <laughs>